0: Welcome to the She Did It Her Way Podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset thought processes and what it is like to be a woman who means business and now here's your host amanda bolin hi friends thanks for tuning in to the she did her way podcast and
1: before we get into this week's episode, I if you were listening a few weeks back, I was sharing with you about information about a conference that's coming up called the Young Entrepreneur Convention that I am a part of, and this weekend, the 23rd on Saturday, we are holding it in Des Moines, Iowa, and we still have tickets available, and I encourage any of you that if you're at all interested in entrepreneurship To check it out or you can message me, but make sure you visit youngentrepreneurconvention.com to find out more information. Okay, now back to this week's episode, number 69, we have Rosie from Hedera Editing and Publishing, and I had found Rosie as I was scrolling through Instagram and it's actually Rosie and Charlotte are the two lovely ladies behind the Hetera publishing company. But I had the opportunity of only speaking to Rosie. And when you hear the interview, you'll notice that her she has an accent. That's because she's from Australia. And I give her massive kudos because she it was 5 a.m. when we were recording this. But if there if you're out there listening and you struggle with punctuation and grammar and writing and are looking for Quick tricks and tips to be more effective when it comes to writing and leveling up in your writing. Definitely make sure you listen to this interview. I found a ton of value and learned a lot myself. So coming up next, episode 69 with Hetera Publishing. Tell our listeners in one sentence what it is that you do.
2: Uh, We help small business owners, bloggers, and writers to create high quality content through writing and editing services and resources. Okay,
1: Awesome. How did you guys found, like, um, what What was your inspiration for Hedera editing and publishing?
2: Yeah, so um, I love words, and I always have, so um, I was that person who um, helped all my friends by editing their essays and assignments during lunchtime at high school, um, and I've always wanted to work with words. Um, so that was sort of like you know one of the one of the main inspirations behind it. Um, and so I was working um, at an educational consultancy um, a couple of years ago, and then um, when I left that job, I couldn't find another one. And so I had always sort of wanted to um, you know start a business and. And do that sort of thing, and I just thought, you know, it's 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 a good that's a good opportunity to, to do it. So, um, yeah. So I met my business partner Charlotte um, at university, and and we started the business. Um, so I think another inspiration um, that you know may sound a little bit silly, but um, I think that everyone sort of wants to you know change the world in their own little way, um, and that is my inspiration. So if I can just help people to improve their grammar, their understanding of grammar and, and, you know, their writing skills, um, then, then I'll be really happy. So, yeah,
1: (laughs) that's great No, And with, so you and you and Charlotte founded the, Mm -hmm. the editing and publishing company, talk to us about what, um, like what are the top three mistakes that you see writers online make? And then how can we fix them?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So this is actually something that I am obviously very interested in um, and I have started to research a lot more just in the last couple of weeks um, in a lot more depth because I'm, I've been writing a workbook for bloggers. Um, so so I think that um, the one of the main things is just those really confusing words that we all get wrong. So I'm talking about things like... Um, accept and accept so Mm -hmm. homophones and things like that and another one that I see a lot is um it's and it's the you know the apostrophe thing um
1: can you walk us through the difference of those I know (laughs) it's probably you probably are like what are you kidding me man it's so trivial but no no that is
2: probably I think that is like the number one biggest mistake that I see um not only online as well but just everywhere um so it's with an apostrophe is, is the um, contraction of it is. So the apostrophe signifies that something has been left out and that's how I always remember it because this is something that I never want to get wrong. And so I always like triple check it when I write it. So um, so the apostrophe, that signifies that the I has been taken out in is. So when you see the apostrophe, I always say to sort of think you know, is, um, so you see it's with an apostrophe in a sentence. Don't think it's think it is. And then that will always help you to get it right. Um, and so obviously the other version without the apostrophe, um, is the possessive version. So, um, the possessive pronoun. Um, yeah. So I hope that helps.
1: Yeah. No, I always, I always mix those up sometimes. I mean, I'm if mm. that's right. Well, cause I get it backwards. I'm like, wait, no, it's the possessive. Oh, wait, no, it's the other <laughs> yeah. one. And so, I could see how, and then what's the difference for um, how do how do people remember the difference between accept and then accept?
2: Oh gosh, I actually haven't got a trick for that one. I have tricks (laughs) for most things. I think that I think that like that with that sort of thing, and with all the other confusable words, the way to get it right is to always double check it, and that's hard if you don't you know know what you get wrong frequently, and so I think if you maybe. just have someone who goes over, even if it's not an editor, a professional editor. And you just have a friend who goes over it and says, "Hey, I think you may have made a mistake here," um, and that's always helpful. And so um, you can sort of, you know, learn the mistakes you make often, um, and and then you'll always be able to pick them up better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so that that's one mistake that I think you know gets gets made a lot. And then another one, um, which is not. Actually, a mistake, but I think um, often gets in the way of easy-to-read writing is um, is a lot of exclamation marks, <laughs> and mm. it's. I don't want to kill the fun, you know, um, but I I think that this is one that you know um, happens a lot in, especially in online writing, when maybe um, you uh, maybe people don't um, read their writing, you know, in their mind or out loud before they post it. Um, so with exclamation marks, um, I think it's also difficult because, you know, we're all trying to create, um, an online personas, um, through our writing. And so exclamation marks are sort of like an easy way of, of doing that and creating a personality, um, which I think is great, but sometimes they do get in the way. Um, and so an easy way to fix that. Um, I think that what comes to mind here is, um, that saying, write without fear, edit without mercy. Ooh. I think that is, yeah, I think that is um so true, especially in the case of exclamation marks, because I think that people hang on to them, um, and sometimes when they shouldn't. And so editing without mercy, especially in the case of, you know, these little punctuation marks, is probably a good idea. Uh, and then that also leads on to my next point, which is always proofread. That is, I think that is the, the one mistake um, that all the other mistakes lead from. So, and it's an easy mistake to make and I think that um I know someone said to me the other day just I just hate proofreading it's so boring like you know when you've written something you just want to like leave it and never go back to it again (laughs) um which is fair enough it's totally fair enough but um just even just like a quick proofread can pick up so many mistakes that you wouldn't believe. I think, um, I know I always pick up mistakes when I proofread. Um, so, so yeah, I think
1: that is the biggest thing
2: is to make sure you always proofread. Mm -hmm.
1: What are, what are six writing rules that are actually myths that you believe that (laughs) you know of? Yeah. Um, I, I love this question as well because
2: I think um some of these are so ingrained in our I don't know, our understanding of grammar and it's 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 awesome for me to be able to um, you know, dispel them. So one of them is um and this one's a really hard one to explain, but in like in, in words that sound eloquent. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that um one of them is um having to always thinking that you always have to say, um, and I, so you know, like an example is um, the example that we use is George and I. So um, you know, George and I went to lunch, um, or he threw the ball to George and I. That is wrong. Um, and so I think this is a mistake that comes around from, um, or a, a, a mistaken belief I should say that comes around from always being told in school to say it to say it that way. Um when it's not actually true, so it, it goes I won't go into the details you know of of um, subjects and objects and all that sort of thing um, because I think that would be a bit much, but um, but yeah, so the easy trick with that is to remember that um, if you take away the first bit of, the, of that little sort of um, phrase, so my example, George and I, if you take away George and, Um, then the sentence should still be able to make sense. So uh, I think the example I used was George and I went to lunch. If you take a word George and, then I went to lunch, still makes sense. Mm. Um, And the other example, which was, um, I think it was like he threw the ball to George and I. He threw the ball to I obviously doesn't make sense. And so that's that's an easy way to sort of remember, you know, that one. Um, And so another one um, is passive voice. So um, this is another one that um, I think – and I think a lot of these um, were sort of created by high school English teachers who were probably trying to do the right thing but, um, you know, sort of place these rules on us that didn't – that weren't quite right. Um, so with passive voice, um, that is when the, um, the actor, so the person who's sort of doing an action is – is either left out or placed, you know, at the end of the sentence usually. Um, And so the myth there is that you're not supposed to use passive voice, which is, you know, useful because passive voice can be quite weak in writing. Um, But it's definitely not incorrect and it can actually be quite useful um, in a lot of writing. And I think especially um, if you're trying to maybe um, avoid, you know, naming Um, naming someone or like avoid blame then it can be quite useful um so so yeah that's that's another one of those myths Um, what's an
1: example of the passive voice that you were just talking about
2: so um the one the one that we sort of used to explain it is my sandwich has been stolen from the fridge (laughs) so there you haven't said who you know who has stolen a sandwich from the fridge. Um, and the, the sort of unspoken assumption is that there is an actor at the end of that. So my sandwich has been stolen from the fridge by, and the, the rule there, the the trick there is to, is if you can say by zombies at the end of it, it's probably passive. So my sandwich has been stolen from the fridge by zombies. Um, and the way, I mean, that as I said, that is, you know, useful sometimes um but the way you if you want to change it back into active voice the way you do that is just by moving that that actor that subject um back toward back to the the front of the sentence usually so in that example it would be um zombies stole my sandwich from the fridge ah
1: I'm learning so much. I tell you, if you guys are listening, I'm grammar it was not my strongest suit. I, yeah. <laughs> math was, but uh this is oh, fantastic. Really? Yeah, so this is this is great. But okay. So I've got the George and I example, the passive voice. What's another one?
2: So this is one of my favorite ones to talk about because it's one a lot of older, sort of older people um still still argue with me about and that's that you um you can't end a sentence in a preposition, and so this is this is so preposition, you know, um, like um, with or to or something like that. Um, and so this is a definitely a myth, um, which has been, which which was sort of introduced to English, as far as I know, from the Latin um, use of prepositions and, and things like that, um, and which actually isn't a rule in English. Um, so. With prepositions, often you'll find people will want to, um, especially when they're trying to impress. Um, people will want to in- rearrange a sentence. Um, for example, if you have with at the end to say, you know, with whom in the middle of the sentence. So, um, the girl I went to the formal with is it, a lot of people would consider that incorrect, uh, and would change it to the girl with whom I went to the formal. Um, and so, and so that is not necessary. Although you know, if, still, if you're writing for an audience who who maybe thinks that that would be correct, then maybe you'd still want to do it, just um, for them. But but yeah, it's not necessary. That's another one. Um, and then I think another one um, that sort of maybe has dropped out of but um, maybe you know belief a lot more uh, is. It's starting a sentence with but or and. Um, so, perfectly fine. As long as it's a full sentence, um, then it's perfectly fine to start with but or and. Um, so, that was one that always got brought up by my high school English teacher. Wait, um, so it,
1: it's, it's completely okay to start the sentence with but or and?
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. As long as you it's a complete sentence, which, you know, um, then yeah. Definitely. Okay.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I like yep. it. Yep. Um, and then, hey, really quick, Rosie, is that, yeah. do you by chance have the mic close to you or is it potentially ruffled up? It just, it sounds like you're muffled. Um, it should be in the same place. It doesn't sound different. Yeah. It sounds a little different. I have no, this is so weird. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, uh, just keep talking. I'm just making marks so I can go back and edit some things yeah. on my end, but that is so bizarre. Okay, so I've got the first three, and I know you have three more.
2: Uh, yes, yes. So I think that was four, actually, okay. <laughs> um, by my list. Um, so the fourth one was the, the button end. Oh, yes, um, yes. And so, and so the fifth one um, is flooding infinitives. And so this is one that I hate to explain and can't really, in a you know, as I said, before, in an eloquent manner. Um, but basically, it's you know it's verbs like to eat or to dance. And so um, a split infinitive is when you put an adverb in, in between those two verbs. So the to and the um so to um, hurriedly. Eat, I think was our example. Um, and so that is sort of considered wrong, um, but isn't, isn't wrong. Uh, and in fact, as most people would remember, um, actually was used by, um, by Star Trek, you know, to boldly go um, and to, to great effect. So, um, yeah, so that's the first one. And then one more, and I think this is probably the biggest one, Um, and one that's sort of hard to dispel as well. Um, and that's that, um, using a comma when you would pause. So Mm, I'm so guilty of this one. (laughs) I think most people are, I think even I find myself doing it, um, just because it's easy. Um, and so, I mean, like sometimes, Sometimes you should use a comma when you pause, um, but but not usually. And so um, I think it, I think this is another, you know, going back to that idea of these rules being introduced to us in the school. I think this was an easy way to sort of explain how commas are used, um, but definitely isn't isn't a reliable rule. So um, better just to learn where to put commas, and that is difficult because commas are. Pro- I think commas are the hardest punctuation mark. But um, yeah, better to learn than to. Um, Put them when you where you would pause.
1: So then where do we put commas? As a, as a nice reminder, what are where are, uh what are um, what are maybe two or three places that are really easy to remember?
2: So obviously um in lists between items of in a list, that's mm-hmm. a pretty um pretty simple one. Um one uh, another one I think is around um non essential information. So um uh, around, oh, I'm trying to remember the, the phrase. Um, I can't remember the phrase, but um, so around information that isn't um, essential to the sentence. So, for example, if you have um, if you have however in the middle of your sentence, um, like um, the plane, however, will be delayed for another hour. Um, then you would put commas around that because it's not necessary to the meaning of the sentence. Mm. Um, and then one more would be, oh, this is one that I always get wrong. I actually had to make sure I understood it. And I did, we do Grammar Tip Tuesdays on our Instagram and um, I did this as a Grammar Tip Tuesday just so I could understand it better. <laughs> uh, and this is um, putting putting them between adjectives. And so the confusing thing about this one is that you don't put them between all um, adjectives and so that. Um, you put them between adjectives that m- modify the noun after after them in the same way. So um, the way that we explained it was tall, sturdy tree. So you put a comma between that because it, both of those words are modifying tree. But, for example, um, you wouldn't put it um, between in in the sentence, it was an excellent spicy curry. For example, um, you wouldn't put it between excellent and spicy because spicy excellent is modifying spicy curry. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. So you're okay. You put the comma when you modify mm-hmm. the noun. Is that correct?
2: When when both words, are, or I'd say both, but it could be more than two. When when all the adjectives before the noun are modifying it in in the same way. So yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. It's hard to explain, but I yeah, it, it, it makes sense once you sort of think um, you know, about the how the adjectives are working in the sentence.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And some of the stuff you learn when you're in grade school and high school, and then you move mm-hmm. on. And and I, I have a question that I want to ask you at the end just about the thing um, the changes that you've noticed in writing mm-hmm. over time now that it's become more technical. But I'm gonna save that save that till the end because I know you still have some other tricks like uh you you have ten proofreading tricks.
2: Yes, I
1: love these tricks.
2: Um so my ten proofreading tricks just quickly. Um reading backwards, it's it's time consuming, but if you need to then it helps. Um using your finger up to trace words, I actually do this and I think a similar Um, a similar sort of trick is to, um, if you're proofreading on the computer, then to just sort of scroll down line by line so that you're always focusing on the first line, you know, at the sort of, at the page break. Um, and I think that just helps to stop you from skimming, um, which is, you know, the enemy of proofreading, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) And so um, another one would be to read aloud, and this is one that I also always do. I think this one um, especially helps with tone um, and that issue, as I mentioned before, with, you know, using too many exclamation marks um, and things like that. Um, I think another one um, is making sure you give yourself time. And this is a pretty obvious one, um, but, you know, one that... Um, and that's if you don't give yourself enough time to do it well you're obviously not going to do it well Um, proofreading more than once is always useful um, uh, because you know obviously the more you do it the more you're likely to pick up um, and I mean, the thing with this, though, is that you have to stop at some point. And this is, mm-hmm. this is one that I, that's what, something that I always struggle with, is sort of letting it go um, and just releasing it into the world eventually. Um, but yeah, always helpful to go more than once. And then um, giving yourself time, I think, if you're going to proofread more than once, giving yourself time between those proofreads always helps. Um, and one of my teachers, one of my grammar teachers once called this incubating, So sort of letting it sit um, in your mind and then going back to it with fresh eyes, that is possibly the best um, tip I think because um, it just always helps. Um, I think another one as well is making sure that you have access to a dictionary or even just Google, making sure that Google is open in another tab while you're proofreading. Um, Just because I know, and this is, you know, one that I struggle with as well is that you know when you're proofreading you have these questions um like the you know confusable words affect um effect and and things like that and if you don't have something um handy to be able to check that with then you know chances are you're not going to check it and it's gonna get left so making it easy to double check is i think always useful um Often, reading a printed version helps as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, um, a lot of us write for the internet these days and so we're writing on the computer a lot, I know I do. Um, and so it's always just a bit useful to be able to um, look at it in a, in a different way um, and be able to write on the paper, I think that's a big one as well. Um, I always find that useful. Um, If you're going to be doing more than one proofread as well, um, I know one thing that helps some people, it doesn't help me personally, but um, this helps some people and that is to um, look for different things. So, for example, if you're gonna proofread twice, then the first time you could look for basic grammar, spelling errors, um, and just only focus on that. And then the second, the second proofread could be things like um, tone issues or um, you know, um, think, think, sort of bigger things like that. Um, and so I, I don't like to do that because uh, when I proofread, if I see something is is wrong or or funny, then I like to fix it you know on the spot Mm -hmm. I don't like to leave it because I worry that I'm going to forget about it later but um, I know that does help with some for some people Um, and then the final one um, is always having a proofreading checklist and so I think most of us sort of do this in our heads we um, we as we you know learn about our own um, writing flaws and and things like that we, we know what we do wrong a lot well, I know that when I write and probably when I speak as well, I say things a lot, the word things, and it pops up a, a lot. Um, and it, it's it's bad because, you know, it um, it doesn't sound very good in, and is it, it, um, also a bit of a weak word. So that's something that I know I have to always look out for. And if you, um, I mean, having those things in your head is good, but if you can write them down and then go through them every time that you write something then you know um you're more likely to pick pick those things up and there it is things I just said things again so you can see
1: <laughs> oh my gosh I know I notice that well sometimes when I send an email and I I don't I mean I yeah you use a word and one sentence and then you say it again and I'm I need to get better yeah. at this but I'll just send an email and then I look at it I don't know, a couple of days later. And I'm like, I just said the same word three times in a row I
2: know. in like one sentence. Oh, and how, how can you do that without like, you know, realizing, but it's so true. You do it. So it's, it's so easy to do.
1: Hey, there she did it, HerWay listeners. I am so excited to share with you uh, an upcoming venture that we are launching starting April 1st. It's called the HerWay Challenge. It's a 15-day challenge. You sign up and you'll get a series of videos that will help guide you and will give you inspiration and help you start taking action towards one of your most important goals. If you're listening and wondering whether or not you should sign up, I highly encourage you to sign up for this challenge, especially if you're someone who are you're finding yourself just completely lost, lacking direction, not really sure of what you want out of life, not really sure what you want out of the next steps that are coming and that you're, you're taking, and you just you need some kick in the pants, and you also need that community to help support and guide you, and this is exactly. Here for you, not only will you get the challenge and you sign up and you get the emails, but I also encourage you to make sure you go to Facebook and sign up in the group Her Way Challenge group where you'll be supported. Make sure you invite your friends, you introduce yourselves because the more the merrier and I know specifically for me that it's been my support and the people that I surround myself with that has allowed me to reach all the goals that I've accomplished this far in my life. So from me to you, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the challenge and in the Facebook group. To officially get started, make sure you head on over to herwaychallenge.com and claim your spot today. Yeah, you know, definitely helpful with your 10 10- um, proofreading tricks. What okay. I noticed that you guys also do, you have a style sheet. And so what yeah. is a style sheet? And then why is it important for small businesses, bloggers and writers to have mm. one? So, um, the way I am using the term
2: style sheet is, is to mean, um, just basically, a, a piece of paper, a sheet, um, that contains all of your stylistic choices in terms of writing. So, um, I think this is important. Um, Especially for people who are working with online writing, um, so like blogging and things like that, because the sheer um, sort of um, amount of content that that we produce is is quite astounding. Sometimes I think, um, and so when you're when you're producing that that much content, um, you're always you're going to be making stylistic choices all the time. Um, and by stylistic choices, I mean things like um, learnt and learned endings there, you know, the T or the ED, just little things like that. Um, you're going to be making those sorts of choices, possibly, you know, like multiple in, in any document. So um, so why is that important even to, to, to keep track of? I think, uh, um, you know, maintaining consistency is always important. Um, and if if you are sort of worried about maintaining consistency, then um, it's going to save you a lot of time to record those decision decisions um, on in in your style sheet instead of having to go back and check it every time. You think, oh, I think I've you know used this word before. I wonder how I spelt it last time, um, which is what which is what I used to do with things like you know, focused double s or not. Um, and so yeah and so it will save you time uh, and it will help you to improve your consistency in your writing and i think those two things you know we all need we all need that so yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and what about i know you have a grow your business checklist in the library as well what are your top three musts from the checklist
2: yeah so um i think probably my the biggest one is um and this is one that i you know Found when I when we were starting the business um, was just getting organised in a way that makes sense to you. And so the biggest one is um, you know have, having some sort of system. And so for me that is using Trello. Um, mm-hmm. Have you do you, do you know Trello? Yes,
1: I use yeah. Asana, but I'm familiar with Trello. Oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I used to use Asana. Um, but, yeah, I eventually moved to Trello. Um, so I think, yeah, having something like that. Um, I also use a passion planner um, as well. And so having that sort of system that you know works for you. Because I think I, think I wrote this in the blog post as well. Um, like, you know, starting a business, and an online business, it's, you, you're going to have enough challenges. Why make it any harder on yourself mm-hmm. by not having that? Um, and so that, I think that is the, the big one there um another one I think that's important when you're growing your business is to make sure you understand what your point of difference is so and I know this gets said a lot um and so I think like when when we were starting Hetera, um our point of difference was that a lot of the other editors um we saw around were not keeping up with online writing um they didn't have nice websites which is okay you know because that's not their target market um but we we sort of saw this um market that wasn't sort of being um i don't know wasn't being catered to and that is the online writing market and i think um that's so that was our point of difference was that we were going to um you know specifically write about Things that would be useful to online writers, um, uh, and so another one, one that I think is so important um, is just getting involved in in your industry. So um, following, um, following you know people who who talk about the same things as you um and influences and and things like that and just understanding you know really well and really deeply the market that you're going into um and that was something that really helped with you know with starting our business was understanding the the space that we were entering i think yeah
1: (laughs) is probably it was probably super helpful too so what Mm -hmm. um What's one word? This is kind of, this is rapid fire, but what's one word <laughs> that continues to trip you up when it comes to spelling? This is so embarrassing, but
2: principle and principle. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I know this is, it's so embarrassing. I actually, um, I, I'm doing my master's in writing, editing and publishing. And I was in an, an editing class and, um, got this wrong in a document that was read out to the class and, oh, it was so embarrassing. So I've never gotten that wrong again, but yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those lessons, they, or those moments teach you that lesson. You're like, I'm never going to forget Just, that again. Okay. What is, what's, <laughs> what's something that helps you stay focused?
2: Um, honestly, um, that app called stay focused, oh. is something that, um, which is, I think it's an extension to Chrome, um, or possibly other browsers as well, but just because I find myself, um, getting distracted by Facebook so easily. Um, and so if I can just have something that reminds me, you know, how long I spent on it and then stops me from, from spending any more time on it, then that is helpful.
1: Ooh, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. Okay. What is, what's one of your favorite books?
2: so this is a fiction book I hope that's okay Um, oh yeah (laughs) my favorite book is Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel and um, that is just because I think it's applicable to my sort of business experience as well and that is that it just reminds me that you know there's um, so many different ways of doing things and so yeah
1: okay great and the last question is what are you most grateful for to uh, today
2: I, today, today I'm grateful for, for a number of things, but today my, what I'm most grateful for is the support of my boyfriend. Um, and I don't think I could, I could do it without, you know, being able to come home and complaining or sharing my successes. And I
1: think that's so important. So yeah, I love it. Any last piece of advice that you want to share with our listeners?
2: Ooh, that's an interesting question. I think, um, be confident be confident in your writing um and you know yeah i think i think that that would be what i would say
1: love it well rosie thank you so much for all your knowledge and wisdom and i know our listeners are gonna love it i certainly learned a lot i'm gonna have to <laughs> i'm gonna go make a worksheet out of this so you can yes, follow sure.
0: it when i write my next post yeah awesome. oh thank you thanks for having me on thanks for tuning in to the she did It At her way podcast did you like this episode Head on over to itunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out shediditherwaypodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.
1: She Did It Her Way listeners, Amanda here, your host. And I want to share with you guys that I'm excited that She Did It Her Way has partnered with your podcast guru to help produce audios and logistics for the show. She Did It Her Way. If any of you are looking to get into podcasting, definitely check out yourpodcastguru.com.